Right, so the Daf Gimel Amad is using values to resolve halachic dilemma. We're talking about Godel Kovet Habrius. Because there's some difficulties in uh, using values. And we can't use a value to, to solve a halachic dilemma. Halachic reasoning is a closed system. Uh, and you can't bring in other methodologies to try and resolve it. It wouldn't be a, a halachic resolution in that case. Um, so we can't use that. And that's the principle that Shlomo Melech teaches us in Ein Chochma, Ve'en Tvuna, Ve'en Etzah, Le'neged Hashem. You can't use Chochma, Tvuna, Etzah. You can't use all these wonderful capabilities against the Rebbeinu Shalom. If the halacha requires a certain thing, if you're clear about your halachic reasoning, uh, but it doesn't seem logical, it doesn't seem right, it doesn't seem menschlichtig, it doesn't seem courteous, it doesn't seem... Also, you can't use that in, in halacha. You've got to reason the halacha through the closed system of the halacha. And yet we do have things like Godel Kovid Habrius, as we'll see, Godel Kovid Habriot, that human dignity is so important that it sometimes trumps halacha. What does that mean? Uh, is a principle that we use in in halacha, things have to be done in a way that is pleasant. Uh, how is it? So it's not that we use those values to to, res, to resolve a halachic dilemma, but they are lenses through which we can look at halacha, and they can help us understand the application of halacha, particularly when halachas contradict one another. And we're dealing with the sugya where we're exploring contradictions in halacha, not not conceptual contradictions, but simply practical contradictions. You can't do two mitzvahs at the same time. They're two competing mitzvahs. And you've got to make a values decision as to which takes precedence. I can do A or B, or I can do A first and then B. Which one comes first? <coughs> the Gemara goes through a fascinating exercise in looking at all sorts of different um, areas of halacha, avodah, and, and Talmud Torah, serving in the, in the Beis HaMikdash, and studying Torah, and marrying off Chosen uh, Kala, and Hotzah um, Sames, burying somebody, and Kriya Samagila, lots of mitzvahs. How, how are they ranked? What's the hierarchy if you can't do two of them at the same time? The Gemara goes and works it out and comes through to the conclusion that Megillah and Mes Mitzvah, reading the Megillah on Purim and burying a person who needs to be buried, there's nobody else to bury him, those are two of the highest in the hierarchy. They kind of trump everything else. So Rovis says, what happens if they're in conflict? Megillah or Mes Mitzvah, him in Adif. So now what do you do if you've got to make a choice? You go and bury somebody or you go and hear the Megillah. Now using human logic, it's no question, isn't that right? But you're going to leave the person lying in the street and you're going to listen to the Megillah. It doesn't make sense. Yet we've got to try and resolve it halakhically as well. So the Gemara goes into an understanding of what causes each of these mitzvahs to be so powerful that they trump so many other mitzvahs. Is Mikra Megillah so important because of Pisuma Nisa? In addition to the mitzvah of, of, of Kriya Samagila, there's Pirsum Nisa. We're doing something that is socially important, that is globally important. <coughs> this is a very big thing, Kriya Samagila. Is that what gives it the power? Or Dilma Meis Mitzvah? Or maybe the Meis Mitzvah is the more important one, Bishum Kovad Abrius. Because in addition to being a mitzvah, there's Kovad Abrius. In both of these cases, there is a value that overlies the, the, the halacha. The halach is you read the Megillah. The halach is you bury the dead. But there's a value in each of them. In Megillah, there's Pisuma Denisa. And in, in, in um, Mate Mitzvah, there's Kovad Abris, there's human dignity. Uh, and then the Gemara says, Bosa Dabaya had the Pashta. Rova himself came to the conclusion. Mate Mitzvah Adif, you've got to bury somebody as the preference. Because we've learned, Gadol Kvod Habriot Shedochet Lotas Shebatora. Kovad Abris is not just a value, it's something so powerful. 
that it puts aside even mitzvahs l'tase. There are things which the Torah says thou shalt not do, and for kovod abrius you can put that aside. So you see the power of kovod abrius. This is way beyond just a, a, a human value that you might impose on, on understanding it. And Rashi says, what's the origin of that? The origin is, is from the Gemara in, uh, in Brochus, so the Psukim in, in Kitetse, where you see an ox of your friend uh, uh, that, that's lost, Vehit um, Alam Tamehem, and you ignore it, you, you don't do anything about it. Hashev Teshivem La'achicha, you've got to return it to your brother. Later on, two Psukim later on, the Gemara again says, and said, you should do that to his donkey and to anything that he's lost. Anything you find, you may not ignore it. You've got to intervene. You've got to pick up the metzir, the, the lost property, and you've got to take care of it, and you've got to get it back to its rightful owner. And the Gemara and Brochus deals with this kind of con- contradiction just in the words. There seems to be a situation where you can be mitalem, you can ignore it, and then it says, you can't ever do that. So there seems to be a bit of a contradiction in the in, in the Psukim, and the Gemara in Brochus resolves it by saying that um, there are situations where a Talmud Chochem, an elderly, wise Talmud Chochem, it, it's a, not lefi kvodoi to carry a cat through the streets and take it back to its owner. It's just it's not the right thing to do. So even though there's, a, there's an issue, there's a love of Lord to Chalihitalim, you may not walk past lost property without intervening and doing something. There are situations when you can, when Kavod Abriot is involved, when human dignity is in, involved. That's the origin, that's the source of it. Um, and that Gemorian Brochus, which we learned not, not that long ago, when did Daf Yomi start? Two, is it two years yet? When the, uh, when the series started? So some, somewhere around two years ago, we learned the, the Gemorian Brochus. And the Gemorian Brochus deals with this conflict between Ein Chochmave in Tuanave and Etzale Neged Hashem. You can't reason against the Halacha. And on the other hand, there are, there are situations where you can. So, for example, the Gemorah says that if you find Kilaim, you find Shatnis in your clothes and you're in the middle of the street, you've got to take your clothes off. And you walk around in your underclothes until you can find something, somebody will give you something to help you, but you can't carry on wearing the Shatnis. Uh, because of you can't, say, oh, you can't do that to a human being with the derechet. You can't reason that way. It's shatnis. You can't use. You can't wear it. The same if you were wearing some clothing and somebody told you it was seriously infected with corona, and if you wear it for one minute longer, your life is in danger. You'll take it off. You're not going to say, ah, what about human dignity? You'll take it off. That's what shatnis is. If you know, you're wearing something which is shatnis, you take it off. Ask the Gemara. Um, says the Gemara, that's the reason. And then the Gemara comes and says, but there are cases where we do do that. So, for example, uh, the very case that we have over here, the Gemara in Brochus brings it. The Gemara says, oh, surely we shouldn't worry about Kavod Abriot, you shouldn't worry about human dignity, worry about the Halakha. So the Gemara resolves it, it's with Loitosur, it's, it's with, with the Rabbonans. And then the Gemara brings V'italam Tamehem, the very case that, that, that we're talking about here with, with lost property. And the Gemara says if he's an elderly pers- person, you, uh, uh, and a wise person, he, it's not L'fik Fado. Again, let's say, who cares? It can be the Chovetz Chaim. Uh, you don't make calculations. He's got to take the cat or the dog or the cow back to the owner. That's what you've got to do. Says the Gemara, Shaniat in Dichtivi Talantamehem. There, there's actually a posuk. You're right. Normally we would say that. But it actually says there, Vitalantamehem, from that we learn that there are times when a person, because of dignity, can 
leave it aside and not intervene in the lost property. And then the Gemara says, well, let's apply it from there to all cases. The Gemara says, Isurim, that's for monetary issues, you can't apply that to Isurim. So you see that it's very specific. So the Mashur asks the obvious question, if you work through the Gemara and Brochus, the question will strike you right away. How does Rashi say that we, the, the source of this din, that we're going to give preference to the burial of the dead person over the reading of Megillah, is from this Gemara in Brochus, from the Parsha of Aveda, of lost property, you see in Brochus that that's very specific to that case and doesn't apply beyond that case. How can you bring it from there? Which leads the Rambam to say, that this is not, we're not talking about where the choice is, do I bury the dead body or do I read the Megillah? It's a question of which do I do first? I can do them both. It's just a matter of which do I do first? That's what we're talking about here. And therefore the Rambam says, that you've got to, if you've come across this dead body that has nobody to bury them, then first take care of that and read afterwards. And the Shulchanoruch in Simon Tafresh Pezayin paskins that Lalocha as well. He brings the whole din of how important Kriyas Megillah is and nothing takes its precedence. Other mitzvahs get pushed aside. Even Avoid and the Beis Hamikdash you put aside. Talmud Torah you put aside. Kriyas Megillah is so important. Except for... Um, met mitzvah, a burial that you have to perform, in which case you do that first and then get back to, to Kriya Samagila afterwards. As the Shulchan Aruch says at the top of the next page, The only time the Met Mitzvah is if you can do if you can do the Megillah afterwards. Implying, says the Shulchan Aruch, that if it's really a choice, do I bury the dead or do I read the Megillah, you read the Megillah. Which is quite quite an amazing thing. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. That's how important Kriyasa Megillah is. And what about the dead body? The Taz gets upset with this, as does the Mogen Avrom. Um, and he says he doesn't, he doesn't agree with it, that it's only talking about where there is time to do them both. Um, and he asks, and he says, this idea of uh, that God will covet Abriah's human dignity is so great, great that it pushes aside negative mitzvahs of the Torah, he says, he shall What it comes to teach you is not that you can do this one first and you can push it. There is no lotase. It pushes it aside. It cancels it. So there's a, an, a, a lotase of italamta. That means you find, you're walking along, you see it's a lost property. There's a lotase, thou shalt not ignore it. So it's not the mitzvah of, of the positive mitzvah of Ashavat Avida. At that point, the mitzvah is a negative mitzvah of thou shalt not walk past this lost property. Now there's a question of human dignity. Says the Taz, that means for the Talmud Chochem, for the Chofetz Chaim, who's walking past the lost dog. There is no Lotase. It's Doichel Legamri. It's not that now which one should we do, which one comes first. That's not the issue. The issue is it pushes it aside Legamri, says the Taz. Kedipperish Rashi, and he says that's what Rashi means. And with that he answers the Marshal's, the Marshal's question, how can you bring a proof from the Gemara and Brochus? The Gemara and Brochus is talking only about there. But we'll see in the Pnei Yeshu in a moment how, how that works. What we learn from here is that for that person who's busy burying the dead, there is no mitzvah Kriyas Amagila. You're not putting it aside. It's not a matter of prioritizing. The existence of the obligation to take care of the dead body is a matter of Kovod Abrius, and Kovod Abrius pushes aside the mitzvah. It cancels the mitzvah out. 
which is a big chidush, but that's what the Taz says and the Magen Avrom says, something very similar against the Shulchan Aruch, against the Ramo, and against the Ramba. And the Pnei Yeshua says, we haven't used the Pnei Yeshua very much, I don't know if I've used him at all so far, the Pnei Yeshua is an incredibly great sefer by Rachel Yeshua Pollock, this is 17th, late, early 18th century, it's very profound reasoning, and that was a, such a great time of learning. If you think of that period, the early 18th century, and the, the 18th century altogether was just an amazing time. And Pnei Yeshua was one of them. And the Pnei Yeshua says, Vakashili Tuva. Akati, my Havi, what, what does it bother us? Look at his question, it's so amazing. What does it bother, bother us that human dignity can push aside a lot? Kama mitzvot dachu there are many positive mitzvahs that can push aside a negative mitzvah, and yet Megillah pushes aside the positive mitzvahs. So uh, Avoida, working the Beis HaMikdash, that pushes aside all sorts of negative mitzvahs, including Shabbos. You can bring a korban on Shabbos. That's how important the Avoida is, and yet Megillah pushes aside Avoida. So you see, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to come and say, well, human dignity pushes aside a negative mitzvah. Yes, but maybe Megillah is not one of those neg- mitzvahs that it can push aside because Megillah is so powerful it can even push aside other mitzvot asay, other positive mitzvahs. That's how powerful Megillah is. So how do you learn from this? And he says an amazing thing, but I think that the Pnei Yeshua is developing the idea of the Taz and explaining it further. Further, pashta. <laughs> We don't work this out just from the fact that a negative mitzvah, that, that, that human dignity can push aside a, ne- a negative din of the Torah. Because that would leave us unresolved. The Gemara is working out from the choice of words in this b'risa. Gadol kavod abriot Kavod abriot is so powerful. He, doesn't, he wouldn't have to say gadol. Why doesn't the b'risa just say kavod abriot? That's a tenaxim. Kovod Abriya's human dignity pushes aside a negative mitzvah. No, he introduces it. Gadol Kovod Abriya's. Human dignity is so important. It's so powerful that it cancels out, as the Taz says. It doesn't just prioritize. It cancels out anything that stands in its way. Even a negative mitzvah. A question of the Torah, the Rabbon, and we don't have time to go there. But even a negative mitzvah, it cancels the mitzvah. That's how important human dignity is. And with the mapic labor, high lishna, the gadol kavod abriyot, it's because of those words of gadol kavod abriyot. Almed alim lehai svaratuva, you see how strong this concept is of kavod abriyot. It's not just a vague human value. It's a Torah value of enormous power that we've got to be conscious about at all times. The Rebbe is willing to say, strike this Mishnah out. This mitzvah out if it's going to require a compromise of kovod abrius, and and so we see from there what it is. The Pnei goes on to say that doesn't seem to be what Rashi is saying, but the Taz says it is what Rashi is saying. That's exactly what Rashi is saying. So we don't prove from the Gemara and Brochus from the the laws of Aveda. We don't apply that to the laws of, here of Megillah. From the laws of Aveda, we just learn this principle that when kovod abrius is introduced, it cancels out the mitzvah. It, does, it doesn't prioritize the mitzvah. It cancels out. There is no chi of Megillah for somebody 
who's busy burying a dead person at that time. And we see from there how, how important that is to be so conscious of that, how much the Rebunisham is willing to sacrifice for the dignity of a person. Now again, halakhically, these are complicated things, and it's not always, you can't always just say, as you see with, uh, with shatnis, you've got to take the clothes off. There are times when it doesn't work. One has to know how to work with this. That's a whole long sugya on its own. How do you work with these ideas? But, but it's enough for us to see from here how the Torah treats human dignity, what the Torah is willing, the price the Torah is willing to pay not to compromise another person's dignity and how careful we have to be with that. We have to be careful with that in Torah, often in, in community life we damage people's dignity. Just in one-on-one -on -one interactions we damage people's dignity. Pushing in front of somebody in, front, in, in a line, in a queue, you damage somebody's dignity. Not being too polite to somebody you're serving in the store, you're damaging somebody's dignity. Not returning somebody's call or message, you're damaging somebody's dignity. Uh, in business all the time, the people we employ and the people we serve, the, 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 uh, the, the times that it's possible to damage, to damage dignity. And we see from this sugya, only we had time to go into it in, in greater depth, to the extent to which the Rebunisham doesn't want that to be. Be really careful, because nothing stands. Godol kavod abriyot. Those words, says the Pnei Yeshua, gadol kavod abriyot. It's great, it's gadlus. This is the, one of the great things a human being can do, is to protect and uplift the dignity of another person. Talking here also about the, the dignity of a corpse.